Welcome. My name is Josh, in case we have not met before, and it's so great to be able to share this morning's time with you. What we're going to be doing is a little different to what we normally do. Uh, traditionally, in our services at this point, uh, I'd speak for a little bit, and then we'd have a song and close. Today, there's a few more things on the table that we want to discuss and have. So I'm going to give a short message just to wrap up our series we've been looking at called New Year, Same You. Then I'm going to invite John and Jared to join me up here for a pastoral conversation. And then at the end of our service today, we're going to get to hear from Jess and Jordan Everson, which is cool. Uh, And there's also an important notice as well. So let me pray. And then we're going to go on a little bit of a roller coaster through our last part of the service. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us a new day in which to live, to breathe, to be in your creation, amongst your community, and to just be able to have these moments where we can say, thank you, Lord. Not everyone who's come here this morning, God, it's not been an easy path. For some of us, we're coming, and in the back of our mind, there are things in our life that are weighing us down. For our time now, this morning, as we gather together, may those things that are on our minds and in our lives not be removed from us, But may you help us see those things through the lens of your love, through our faith in Jesus Christ and the plans of you, almighty God. So be with us this morning, we pray. In your name and for your glory. Amen. So to put a little bit of a bow on the series we've been going through so far. New year, same you. The idea for this series that we've explored is basically that we should get some wisdom from the book of Proverbs, which contain a lot of Proverbs, and see how to live in a world where you were present at all of your good, bad, and meh decisions. Whenever you made a decision, you were there. So how do we live in this world so that we can live wiser, better lives? And there's three things we looked at over the past three weeks. The first thing was we need to go and get wisdom. To live the good life of being in step with God, we need wisdom. Now, we can learn from a few places. We can learn how to be wise from our own journey, our own mistakes, our own successes. We can learn from others, which is, as I said, a lot less painful, and you've got a lot more examples. We can learn from the Bible, and we can learn from talking to God. And ideally, we learn from all of the above. As we go through life, as we gain wisdom, we learn from ourselves and our experience from community and other people, from God's word, which he's given to us, and from our own personal conversations with him. So if wisdom is available for us, then we should go and seek it. Because as we've experienced, hopefully, or through your life you've experienced, it's better to be wise than to be foolish. Because when we're foolish or when we're unaware, we make decisions that are not always in our best interest or the best interest of those around us. So the first week, we looked at the idea, go and get wisdom. The second week, we looked at this idea about what path we're on. Where are our feet leading us? Is the lifestyle, the friendship circles we're in, the habits we're formed, are those taking us where we want to go? And I looked at that week very briefly, and I think it's worth saying again, a good predictor of the path you're on is to look for people around you who are doing what you're doing, who are just a little bit further ahead. Whether it's in the area of finances, relationships, uh, their walk with God, find people and look out for people who are a little further along the journey and see if the decisions they've made have taken them to the place where you want to be. Learn from other people. Then last week we had a look at how we treat other people and the fact that it matters. We should live honestly, kindly, lovingly and patiently. And in doing so, we actually love God. We love God by the way we treat other people because every person who has ever existed, Jesus died for them. 
God created and gave them the breath of life. So how you and I choose to treat family members, co-workers, loved ones, strangers on the street, everyone is loved by God. So how we treat them matters. And today I want to have a look at a quick conclusion. So gaining wisdom, walking on the path you're happy with, and treating other people well is predicated by a question which I think is quite simple. Who is Jesus to you? What's the point of getting wisdom? What's the point of looking at the path you're walking on? What's the point of treating other people well if it isn't put within the framework of our relationship to God? Because Jesus, depending on who he is to you, can be a few, can be a few things. For some of us, Jesus is the ideal human. So what he says in the records of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're just words to apply when needed and to drop when inconvenient. If Jesus is just this picture of an ideal human, we can learn from him, but we don't have to listen to everything he has to say. If Jesus is just a historical, historical figure, we can look at fascination of this old world, their understanding of God and miracles, death and power. But it's just a person who lived a long time ago and the writers got a bit carried away and gave some creative liberties to the experience of who he was. Perhaps for you, Jesus is just a work of fiction. If that's true, then there's no need to consider the context, the words or other records of what Jesus did in his life. And in fact, if Jesus was just a work of fiction, then the whole church movement over the past 2,000 years has just been a testament to the fact that anyone will believe anything if it gives them hope. Or perhaps for you, Jesus is Lord. Jesus matters. The way you live, you've reorganized yourself around the reality that he is real. That might be be because of your parents' faith, which you've inherited. That might be because of an experience you had when you were younger or later in life. Or perhaps you joined a community of people who said they loved Jesus and acted in such a crazy way you went, you know what, I think he's real. And you've discovered through reading, through prayer, through talking to people, actually, Jesus is not only real, he's real to me. In the cases of Jesus being a human ideal, a historical figure, or a work of fiction, you can go through the sayings of Jesus and you can glean wisdom. And I encourage you, if that's who he is to you, read what Jesus said, read what he did, because there's a lot there to unpack. But if you, but you are under no obligation to consider them further. You can look at the miracles, the call to discipleship, the healing, the teachings around divorce, wealth, expecting a hard life. You can look at that and sort of put it to the side. But if Jesus is Lord, then we have to take what he says, what he did, and what he asks of us a little bit more seriously. And maybe for some of you this morning, that's been your journey. You've sort of observed Jesus and Jesus' followers from, the, from a distance. And as you've gotten closer, something has just slowly pulled you in and pulled you in. And before you knew it, you realized that Jesus is who he said he is, and he did what he said he did. And hopefully that's the trajectory of all of our lives. But let's have a look at what he has to say and what we can learn from him today. If you've got your Bible, you can go to Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. Otherwise, it'll be up there on the screen. The author says, why do you call, uh, of Jesus, in Jesus' words, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down and laid a foundation deep down on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but it couldn't be shaken because it was well built. 
But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and the destruction was complete. I love this from Jesus, the, the, the illustration that he's using here. Because we can all imagine it. We all know what storms look like. And recently and tragically, we've seen um, with our neighbours nearby through Tonga what has happened when destructive forces come through and what they can do to houses. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, if you want to live a life which is built on a strong foundation, you can't just listen to what I say. You have to actually listen to what I say and put them into practice. And then when the storms of life come, when the grief comes, when the pain comes, when the uncertainty comes, you would have laid a foundation on me, on the truth, on God. As followers of Jesus, we want to build on the right foundation. A foundation that says, Jesus is my hope, the Holy Spirit lives in me, and I'm learning to see as God sees, so I will do as he says. A foundation that is built on Jesus' teaching, his way of living, and the request that he makes for us, Jesus' followers, to love one another well. Now, I can't say something right now that will definitively prove that Jesus is real, exists, and loves you. If that could have happened, it would have happened by now. It's sort of like when you go out to the self-help section and you read about dieting, financial um, you know, how to get rich and everything. If someone had cracked the code on how to just lose weight and maintain it and how to get rich and maintain it, we would just all do that, right? But as it is, there's a million examples, a million ways. When it comes to the faith of Jesus of the last 2,000 years, there's no one phrase, one word, one look at this and it will happen. We've chased that before. If people just understood the bigness of God, if people just got down and read their Bible really, really closely, if people just went and spent time in the solitude and silence away from the world, if people just... But that's not life. And in fact, for many of us, our experiences of coming to Jesus has looked twisty and turny. There's been moments of silence, moments of joy, moments of grief, moments of just looking at the words of Jesus and being captivated. There's been moments where we can't even look at the Bible and we need our friends to come around and hold us up. But what I can offer is this. I can offer the fact that today here and throughout the rest of Perth and Australia and the world, there are gatherings of people who say, my life's been changed by Jesus. We are a living example as the church, the big church. And us here, locally, here at LBC, are a living example of what it looks like for this wise man who built on the right foundation. So our role and our job is to not go out there and try and convince people that Jesus is right. Our role and our job is to just be in awe and wonder of this incredible God who has captivated our hearts, changed our lives, and now we become the living example of faith in action. And I'm encouraged by that because the burden doesn't fall on one of us. You know what I mean? It's not one of us, you know, it's not some of us here go, all right, we're gifted in evangelism, now send them out, they've got to go and do all the work. No, no. It's our job as the people of God to show the world what He is like. And there's so many beautiful and wonderful ways that expression looks. For us here at LBC, it looks a particular way. Down the road, another church, it looks another way. Across the state, over east, it looks another way. But the point is simply this. 
There's collections of people who say, my life's been changed by Jesus. Do you want to come and have your lives changed as well? And we get to be that living example of faith in action. In a minute, I'm going to invite Jared and John up here. And we're going to have a discussion around how to not let fear take the driver's seat in our life. But before that, I just want to close out with this. Wisdom needs to be applied in our day-to-day living. The book of Proverbs says that wisdom is something which is just intricately woven throughout life. Something God has put into our world where if we are wise, then we will experience or get to show people how to experience a life which is fuller than if we live foolishly and for ourselves. Jesus comes along and reframes everything and says, if you want to live a wise life, then you need to listen to what I say. You need to lean in when I speak. And then you need to actually apply these words of life to your life. Wisdom is something which we all seek deep down. We want to be wiser. The pain we've had in the past, we don't want to experience that again. The joys we've had in the past, we want those to be numerous and daily occurring. But Jesus comes along and says, if you want to have a life which will stand the hardships that happen, build it on me. He says, build it on me. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundation, and when the flood came, when life happened, when pain happened, it stood tall. And Jesus' wisdom he offers to us is to follow him and to love others well. So, New Year, same year. Hopefully, as you get wisdom, observe the path you're on, as you love people well, and as you build a foundation on the words, life, example, and community of Jesus, I pray that 2022 will be an amazing year for you, that you experience more of what God has for you, And at the end of the day, you experience that he is with you, highs and lows. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what we've been able to look over these past few weeks. I pray that as we ask what is the wise thing to do, as we look for wisdom in our day-to-day living, that you will show us again and again that true wisdom can only be found in you. In the example of Jesus, in the community of followers who follow the example of Jesus. The words that you said all those years ago and the example that you left for us are not something for us just to acknowledge or put up and say, isn't that great? It's something for us as followers of you to embody, to love other people well, to care for the last, the least and the lost, to practice living wise lives so that you can be seen more clearly and people can be blessed. In your name and for your glory. Amen.